Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, this morning we just offer our hearts completely to you. We give you our full attention. All of our affection upon you, Lord, and all our devotion towards you. We thank you that you're here with us. We thank you for your presence. We just surrender it all. May we fall more in love with you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said... Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. Thanks, guys. Cool. Well, as was mentioned before, my name is Nat. I'm one of the the pastors here. Um, I've been in this church all my life. My youth pastors were Paul and Michelle Green. So I've seen a lot of things, and I've been a part of a lot in this church. Also, as you know, as most of you are aware, last week was my birthday. And contrary to what Pastor Joel mentioned last week, I'm not 40. Uh, Not yet. Not yet. Close. Getting close. A couple years to go. A couple years to go. But, and I've seen, as I said, I've seen a lot of things in our church and been a part of a... um, uh, a lot in the history of this church, but the one thing that's always remained is a love for God, a love for Jesus, and knowing that having an awareness of the presence of God in our lives. And so, as this morning, as I, as I mentioned before, let's continue to have our, our hearts open this morning. Um. As we're, just, as we're just singing that song, you know, many times in, you know, in our youth ministry with Pastor Benoit, as those of you who've grown up in our youth ministry over the last, you know, should I say almost 20 years? Like, yeah, it'd be almost 20 years. How, how long ago did Pastor Benoit, was it about 20 years ago, was it? No. Getting close, getting close. That we would have sung that song many times. Many times. And the moments that you had at the end of youth, that there'd be a a bunch of young people down on the altar crying out to God with, as we're seeing, you know, with arms high and heart abandoned. You know, what can we say? What What can we do but offer this heart, oh God, completely to you? And that is still my heart's cry. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. I didn't mean to even get upset. But that's my heart's cry. Is that we'd be a people totally in love with God. And if we can walk away this morning just being people that are totally in love with God. Coming to church is awesome. But if this is the only place that you desire to fall in love with God, we're missing the point. Because, yeah, as great as it was at youth singing that song, 
I would sing that song way many more times in my bedroom, on my knees, at home. And so the question I ask you this morning, I'm going to probably ask us a few questions. Because um, Karen, Kez and my, my wife here, we have three kids. Our middle child at the moment, is she just turned three and all she does is ask questions. For the parents here, you probably remember that stage. Why is that? You give an answer, but why? Honestly, you don't know how to answer those questions. And it's as frustrating, it's cute, um, but I love her intrigue. So I have three daughters. Addie, um, our eldest, she's six and a half. Zoe, she just turned three. And our um, beautiful new little baby girl, Winter, she is six weeks, six weeks old. Um, but yeah, so we have, so as I said, we are in this stage at the moment where there's just constant questions. So I'm going to ask some questions, but for that, for the reason that you would go home and continue to ask yourself. And this morning, I've, I've named this morning reset, reframe, refocus. It's just all about, hey, let's reset this morning. Let's reframe what we're looking at. And let's refocus on what's the, what's the most important in our lives. And the most important thing is God. Amen? Cool. So when I think about these, these kind of three words... I think, you know, I, I suppose for those of you here who like photography or, you know, any kind of, um, you know, whether it's film or photography, you think about resetting, reframing, what are you going to have in the picture, what's the most important thing, and then being able to focus on the, the, the part that, that you want to capture. And as I said um, before, the part that I want us to, to capture this morning is that focus towards God, that our attention would be completely upon Him. A couple of weeks ago on the, you know, it's, it's, uh, Pastor Ben and I spoke about, um, you know, leaving things in 2020, the things that we don't need anymore, and just being able to bring in what it is, take with us with what God is wanting us to take into this year, into this new year. And last week he spoke about um, that this year at our anointing service, who was here last week at our anointing service? Yeah, it was, it was such a, a powerful service. I, I, I loved it. I love being able to, to um, be able to pray with um, our church family, but also love seeing our, our church family just kind of have those open hands and open hearts for what God is wanting to do this year. And he spoke about this year being a year of overflow, favor, and intimacy. And the, the part that I wanted to focus on this morning, as you could probably kind of guess, is more around intimacy. Having that heart after God. That heart after God. As, as Mark was uh, speaking before, he spoke about King David and, and he was someone who had a heart after God. You know, when he was anointed, you know, um, Samuel the prophet was anointing, uh, went to anoint um, one of, um, uh, what was Samuel's father's name? Jesse. 
uh, went to anoint one of Jesse's sons. He didn't know which one it was, and the, Jesse thought, well, he's my oldest. He looks the most impressive, and God's like, I don't look at the outward appearance. I look at the heart. He looks at the heart. So how's your heart going this morning? How's your heart before God? Okay. So we're going to go to Scripture now in Luke chapter 10 and verse 38. This is a Scripture that our creative team kind of know that I've spoken around this uh, passage many times. Um, And it's a thought, you know, around Mary and Martha. Um, I don't know if you've read this story before, but if you haven't read, listen, pay attention. Um, be ready to allow God to speak something fresh to you this morning. So we ready? Yeah. Okay. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, um, at the title of the scripture, it says, At the home of Martha and Mary. In verse 38, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I love this, this passage of Scripture, because so often we can probably identify with Martha, that we just end up just doing a lot of things, that we get distracted about what is really important. And the important thing is just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Relationship with God, intimacy with Him. If we are so focused on building our connect or focused on, you know, uh, growing our church or focused on, you know, what um, God has called you to do, but if you're not, without being focused on Him, that's all pointless. It's out of relationship with Him. It's out of that intimacy with him. I love that one of our first code that we have as Celebration Church is that we are all about Jesus. We are all about Jesus. He is the main reason why we do what we do. He's the main reason why we do what we do. And the first point I wanted to to, um, kind of bring our attention to this morning about resetting and reframing and refocusing, bless you, is our attention. Our attention. And in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 to 2, in the message version, we'll have here, it says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, It means we'd better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, and whatever. I love that. Keeping your eyes upon Jesus, who both began and finished the race. 
study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. Have you ever lost sight of where you were headed? It's like putting like a, I suppose, like putting on a blindfold. You have no idea where you're going. You want to get somewhere, but you just keep bumping into things and hurting yourself or hurting someone else. And when we take our eyes off Jesus, it's kind of like that. We either get hurt, we hurt someone else, and we, our focus and attention is taken away from what God has called us to do. We are called to keep our attention fully upon God, fully upon Jesus. Keep your attention upon Him. If you feel like you've lost that focus this morning or lost where your attention needs to be, reset. Reset, stop. Step back. Reframe. What is... What do I want in my life right now? What, do, what is the most important thing? And then focus on that, which is Jesus, amen? Our attention. Jesus wants all of your attention. Once again, you have from a lot of your uh, pastors here, a lot of stories around kids, because that's the stage of life that we're all in. And for the people who are, who've had kids and they're all grown up now, you can laugh to yourself because you know this. Or if you haven't had kids one day, you will get to experience this. Sometimes your kids want your attention. They want your attention. And they will do whatever they can to get your attention. You might be in the middle of a conversation. You might be whatever it may be. And you hear, Dad, Dad, Dad. Dad, Dad, or Mum, you know, and they just don't, and they don't stop. Yes, I'll be with you in a second, and it just gets louder. They're impatient. They just want your attention now. God wants our attention. He wants your attention, but I suppose he's not annoying. <laughs> he just waits. He waits. He waits for you and I. He longs for your attention. He longs for your heart. Number two, our affection. Our affection. Actually, I'll just bring it back one, sorry, but in attention. The question I wanted to ask is, so who or what are you giving all of your attention to? It's so easy to get distracted. So easy to be pulled away from the main thing. Pulled away from pouring out our hearts before God about spending time with Him. Is it your work? Is it church? Is it any streaming service where you have unlimited time to be able to watch any movie basically now? Or any show or you know, binge watch anything. There's a whole there's a whole new streaming service called Binge. So you can just you know just binge on binge, and um, so the, there are so many things. You got your phones that you have unlimited just access. Just you you constantly have something that you can be distracted by, 
and it's all calling for our attention, trying to, trying to grab for your attention. Are you focused on, on that or are you focusing on God? I just want to encourage us this morning to, you know, allow God to, to, to speak to you about what you need to be focusing on this year and for your life. Because so often we can get distracted and before you know it, there's gone like, you know, five hours or so of watching your favorite show and you've had no thought about anything else but just what's in front of you. And you go, oh, oh, five hours. Oh, I better get to bed. I've got to go to work tomorrow. Uh, whatever it may be, whatever's taking your attention. So let's make sure that our attention is upon God. As I said before, number two, our affection. Colossians 3 and verse 2. We'll have that on the screen. Colossians 3 and verse 2. If you've got your Bible, um, you can turn to that as well. Colossians 3 and verse 2. Set your mind on the things above and not on the things that are on this earth. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. It's also great to be able to set your heart. Where's your heart this morning? What are you putting all your affection towards? It's so, you know, we have so many things in this world that, as I said before, trying to get our attention or trying to take our, our time or whatever it may be. But what are we pouring our hearts into, our lives into? God doesn't... He, 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 it's not like he's like, oh, if they don't give me, uh, if they don't pour out their love towards me, oh, man, like you know, that's he's like he's full, he, like he might be upset or wh- whatever, how whatever you know, however God feels. But it's not like he he needs our affection, but he loves our affection. God's not dependent on being God because of how much affection we give him. He'll always stay the same. He'll always be powerful. He'll always be mighty. But he's patiently waiting. What are we pouring our hearts into, our affection towards? My heart is that my prayer lately is just, God, all of my attention, all of my affection be upon you. That I won't, you know, fall into the trap of just falling in love with the things of this world, whether it be you know, trying to, whether it's gaining riches or, or you know, popularity or, or whatever it might be, that promotion or whatever it is, but that my attention and affection would be totally towards you. Because I know that if I'm in that place, then everything's going to be all right. You work all things for the good of those. In Psalm 63, verse 1, I love, you know, and we kind of speak a little bit about King David this morning, but he wrote many psalms. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. I love that. You, are my God. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. 
I love that. And when you look at that story about Mary and Martha, when Jesus said she only desires one thing, only one thing is needed, and that's what that is, that, that, that heart before God. I just, want, I just want you, God. I just want you, Jesus. Yeah, there's a time to do things, but if we just do things without sitting at the feet of Jesus, we're going to miss the mark. We're going to miss the point. We're going to miss the point. Because if I'm doing all of that, then I know that with my family, when I spend time with them, I'm going to be able to give out of that overflow, out of the overflow of relationship with God. The heart of God is going to pour out of me for my family, in my workplace, in, in the community. It'll pour out of that place of intimacy with God. We need to be like Mary, who just sat at the feet of Jesus. And Psalm 27 verse 4 says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. I love that. Once again, a psalm from King David. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. When was the last time you were on your knees before God? When was the last time you fell on your knees and cried out to God? It's a good question to ask yourself. I have to ask myself that. You know, when was the last time you went for, you know, some people love to do, like, go for a prayer walk. But when was the last time when you went for a prayer walk that you just, in your heart, you were just crying out for God with everything you have? Or that you put the, the worship music on in the car or at home, and you just, um, while the music was, uh, while the worship was playing, you just cried out to God with everything that you have. I remember times in my room, at home, and then you'd hear this on the wall, we're trying to sleep. Okay, maybe I was worshipping at like 11 o'clock at night, um, <laughs> cranking it up. So, but um, I probably could have done that better, chosen better times. Um, but I just loved God. And I just wanted to cry out to God. But we should never lose that. We should never lose that heart to cry out to God. You know, for some people here, you might think, I remember doing that in my youth. but it may, be, may have been a long time since. Or you may have done it and it's, and it's you know, been a, a couple of years since you cried out to God. Just that, you, God, I just want you. God, I just want to seek you. You know that song that we sing that, um, you know, I, I long to know you, I long to seek you, my desire is for you and you alone. That's one of our songs. It's a song that, I was, privileged, I was privileged to write, and all it came out of is I just put on some music at home, just, uh, and I just sat there. I wasn't intending to write a song, but it was out of my heart, just started coming, God, I long to know you, God. 
I long to seek you. My desire is for you and you alone. And that's what comes out of that place. You know, for some, it might be songs that will come out of that. For others, it might be an encouraging word for someone else. Or it might be an encouraging word from God for you to lift you up, whatever it may be. But when you place yourself in that atmosphere, in that place with God, and all you do is just cry out for God, I don't do that so I can get a song. Sometimes you try to do that, and it just doesn't happen, and you walk away frustrated, and I... Do I gently, sometimes have gently, maybe not, uh, just chuck my guitar on the bed, not on the ground, because I know the bed's going to actually, because I get so frustrated, this song's not working. Uh, I'm walking out of here <laughs> because I've tried too hard and I've tried to make my attention be and my affection be on, you know, the product, the result, rather than just fixing my attention and affection upon God and God alone. Because when I do that, then... It just happens to be that, not every time, but it just happens to be that every now and then a song will come from that place or, or, the, or the, the answer to my prayer will come from that place. But if I just go to that place, God, I just want to, uh, God, I just want to answer. He's, he's, he's gracious and he's, and, he's, and, and he's very kind to us and sometimes he will speak to us in that moment. But I've found that the more that God will speak to me is in that times where I've just laid everything else aside and go, God, I have nothing else Nothing else but you. So I'm just going to give you my attention. I'm just going to give you my affection, just like Mary did. Just sat at Jesus' feet. And, just, and sometimes it's all just about waiting. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. Sometimes you don't have to say anything. In your time with God, is it when you get there, is it you just saying a whole bunch of things? God, you know I need this. God, you know I need that. We give God all a list of our demands. As I said, He's gracious. And He's our, he, he, know, he knows what we um, are going to pray anyway. He knows what you're going to say. But He's gracious. It's like when, you know, uh, your kids will repeat, things and say things over and over but as a parent you just you you give them your attention and affection and you listen god is like that with us (laughs) he'll listen he he pours out his love upon us he's kind to us but for us we're called to to grow and to mature we don't always need to bring our list of demands before God. Do you trust him enough that he's got it all under control? Maybe a lot of our prayers are based out of worry and a lack of trust. Maybe that's, you know, when we're praying about a lot of things, maybe we're, we're worrying too much and not trusting God enough. Can we be a people that would learn to trust God and to lay our worries down and just sit and wait? Sit and wait. And then in that moment, there's sometimes where I just sit and wait and then nothing's said. But I've had this, I've had this you know, special time with God. 
It's like with, you know, with, with marriage, you know, sometimes you, you, you're just sitting together. You don't necessarily have to say anything all the time. I remember when Kez and I first got married, you know, it was that you learn to, <laughs> she's laughing, um, because when you're single, you have all your time to yourself. But then when you're married, you are there together and you're just always there and there's not much space. You know what I mean? Like you don't have, you know, so you learn how to have, I remember early on, I think it might have been in the first week or two, I was like, you know, we don't have to sit like in the same room all the time together. Like you can go do some things and I could go do some things. It doesn't mean that we don't love each other, but it's learning about being comfortable and growing together that, you know, it felt, you know, that, that whole thing of like, you know, learning how to do relationship together. And sometimes we think that because things are quiet that I need to make some noise or I need to talk. And it doesn't mean that, you know, that we have to all the time. God just wants to just sit with you. He wants to sit with you. You don't have to speak the whole time. Sometimes, whoa, there's something playing on the... Are you, are you uh, listening to something else at the back there, Troy? <laughs> Mark. <laughs> yeah, it's good now, but I've got, a, I've got another podcast I want to listen to. <laughs> what was I saying before? Something. Something. It probably wasn't so great. Marriage. Yeah, don't, yeah space. Give, give each other space. Silence. <laughs> Learn to be comfortable just sitting with God. When it talks around in Philippians and, and, the, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. This year, allow the peace of God just to, in that place where you're pouring out, you're giving God your attention, your affection, the peace of God will just, just pour out over your life. And you can learn to, to trust. You can let go all that, of the, all that worry, of all that fear, of any doubt. You know, some, some, are here, some of you here might be thinking, I don't know what God wants to do with my next employment. Whether it's being unemployed and, or there's finances that are getting low. God has it. God has it all under control. If you're pouring all of your attention into your worries or your fears, then guess what? You're going to keep thinking about all those worries and fears. But if you focus your attention and affection upon, upon God, upon Jesus, then all those other things just fall to the wayside. Fall to the wayside. Allow, in his presence, allow those things to fall to the wayside. But you have to be intentional about laying it down. Because if you hold on to it just a little bit, as soon as you spend that time with God and, you, and then you get on with the rest of your day, you're still thinking about that thing that you're worrying about. Has anyone done that before? You're like, it's like, oh, I wish I could just be in that place where I just don't think about it. It's probably because we've held on to it a little bit. 
we haven't fully let it go. Sometimes we just have to let it go. Frozen. Let it go. No. <laughs> oh, we've heard those songs many times from, from number one and number two. And you just learn to love it as a parent. And then when you get in the car, it's, you're listening to those tracks again. <laughs> number three, devotion. Our devotion. So we've spoken about our attention, our affection, now our devotion. Once again, when it comes to our devotion, we need to reset, reframe, and refocus. What are you devoting your life to? Some here may be thinking, I don't know what I need to devote my life to. I don't know what God has called me to do yet. Well, the place to get that is just by spending time with God. I wish there was an easy way. I wish there was like, you know, like you just go to the vending machine and go, I want my purpose. And then, yep, there it is. I've got my purpose. It's easy. Didn't have to worry about it. Just came. But with God, you're just going to spend time with him. But you don't need to worry about it. Don't need to worry about what your purpose is or what you're going to devote your life to. Just devote yourself to God. And in his time, he'll give you that purpose. He'll place things on your heart, on your life, and what he, he has called you to do and what he's called you to devote yourself to. But the most important thing is devoting ourselves to God. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 35, it says, I'm saying this for you for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Undivided devotion to the Lord. It's a challenge sometimes, isn't it? Because I can guarantee here that if I said to everyone here who he loves Jesus, Majority of people would, pretty much all would put your hand up and say, yeah, I love Jesus. And I said, who he wants to be devoted to Jesus, majority of you here would, I hope, would put your hands, hands up. But actually living that can be a challenge. And said, undivided devotion. There are so many things that are calling, as I said before, for your attention or, you know, for your devotion. Your workplace will say, I want you to do this. You need to be devoted when you're here at work and you need to be ready. For some here, you've got to, whether you have, your job is for being on call or at any moment you can receive a call and said, okay, we need you to come to work and do this. So they, they're calling for your um, devotion. Your family needs you, need your devotion so when you come home, that you're there, you're devoted to your family. And there might be other things. You might be involved in sports a team. You might be involved in, um, you know, for your connect. You, you might have a responsibility um, in, in church life here or, or um, any other community group um, out there. 
who require your devotion to do what you do, because if we're not devoted to it, then it's just going to crumble and, and it's not going to be so great. So there's a lot of things that are calling for our devotion. But if you devote yourself to the Lord, you then learn how to be able to do all the other things that you have responsibility for in your life. My family need me to be devoted to God. Because if I'm devoted to God in that secret place, I learn how to be a good husband. I learn how to be a good dad. I learn how to, when I come home, that my kids can have my attention and my affection. As challenging as that can be when you've had a big day at work and the first thing that your kids want to do is wrestle when you get home. You just want to sit down and just relax for a couple minutes, but no, you, you try and lay down on, on the bed and just go, it's going to take a few moments then within a couple of seconds, your kids jump on you and then you've, you've just got to give them all their attention. You learn how to do that. You learn how to, how to devote your life in every other area. But the only way that I learn how to do that is by devoting myself to God. And out of that place of intimacy, I'm able to give my best into every area of responsibility that I have. Because if I just try to devote myself to everything, at some point, something's going to give. At some point, something's going to give. That's where marriages break down. I believe sometimes that's also where, you know, a lot of um, things with, around mental health can occur because we're trying to devote ourselves to everything and we're trying to give all our energy and attention and focus on everything, but we're not designed to try and give everything, you know, without giving our devotion completely to God. The only way that I can do what I do is by devoting myself to God. By devoting myself to God. And in that place, you learn how to take on extra responsibility also. There are many things that Kez and I have responsibility for, but I don't want to do it without God. But I'm graced to do it because I devote myself to Him. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, I love this. So simple, pray continually. That devotion to prayer, devotion to prayer, which reminds me we have our prayer um, team here, which Kathy, um, once a month, um, come here at the church on, a, on the first Monday of the month. What time is that? 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock, starting next month, starting next month, we have a, a team of people here that are devoted to prayer, devoted to praying for our, for our church, our pastors, our community, our city, our nation. Are we devoted to prayer? The Bible talks to us about pray continually. In your doing, in your work, you know, but sometimes when I'm at work, I'm just, I'm, you know, in, in my heart, I'm, I'm talking to God. Sometimes I'm, you know, uh, even the other day, I was just, uh, just, I was praying at home and Kez is like, so what did you say? Uh, oh, nothing. I was just praying. And so, uh, 
probably looked like I was losing it and talking to myself, and, but I was just talking to God. Colossians 3, verse 23, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And that's, a, that's such a great point. We do what we do for God. For God and to God. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. So if you're finding yourself having a bit of struggles, remind yourself that you're doing this for God. You're in your workplace because God has placed you there. You're called to be a light in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your street, at school, your family. God has placed you there and you're called to be a light. And last scripture, Colossians 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, once again, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourselves to prayer. I just want to encourage us to devote ourselves to spending time with Jesus, to sitting at Jesus' feet. A year of intimacy. Will 2021 be the year that you drew so close to God, the closest that you've ever been. And then every day, then on, you know, every day you're just continuing going, wow, I'm drawing closer to God. Tomorrow, I, I, I drew even closer to God before the next day and the next day. All the days of your life, you just continue to draw near to God. James 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Draw near to him. A year of intimacy. What is this year going to look like for you with your walk with God? Because I know that you're going to that you want to believe for a year of overflow. Who doesn't want overflow and favor? <laughs> who, who wants overflow and favor in finances? If you don't put your hand up, then um, something's the matter. Because um, I know that we all want it. But I can tell you and guarantee this that it comes out of that secret place with him. It comes out of the, the secret place, that place of intimacy as Mary was sitting there at Jesus' feet. She chose what was better. Are you going to choose what was better? Or are you going to get distracted by all the doing? Don't get me wrong. There's a place for doing things. Otherwise, your house will always remain dirty. Work would never get done. The, the garbage bins would always remain full because the garbos don't come and pick it up. There's always a place for doing things. But it comes from a place of intimacy with the Father. Amen. What we're going to do right now, I'll just get the guys, the, the few of the guys in the band are going to come up and they're going to um, lead us in a song. And we're going to do it, we're going to have communion. Um, we've got the little packs that we're going to give you so we make sure that we're all um, COVID safe so we haven't handled any of the bread. Um, so if the, the host team can um, hand that out. And in this time of, of communion, as you just reflect and be thankful for, it's always good just to thank Jesus for, for dying on the cross for us, for giving up his life for us 
be thankful for what he did. And also in this time, give yourself a bit of chance just to go, God, with my intimacy towards you this year, what are you calling me to? How do I draw near to you? How do I be like Mary in the story of Mary and Martha? How do I choose what is better? How, how can I do this? God, can you teach me how to give all my attention, all my affection, all my devotion to you? So in that place, while the guys just sing um, this song for us, in your time, you can take your communion, give thanks to Jesus, and then just sit there and just wait, wait on God. So Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for today. Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross for us, that you gave your life for us. That this communion represents your body and the blood that you shed for us. And just as you gave your life for us this morning, we want to give our lives completely to you. Totally and completely, wholly to you. That you would have all of our attention. That you'd have all of our affection and all of our devotion. In your mighty name we pray. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.